welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to Season 3, Episode 11. Buona primavera. Primavera, of course, means spring. So, happy first day of spring to you. That was Sunday, yesterday. So, this is kind of like the first spring that we really get to live like real human beings again for the first time in a couple years, which is kind of great. There are now over 40,000 Ukrainian refugees in Italy that have been welcomed here, and they're kind of in different cities all over Italy. And in last week's edition of Real News from Italy, I wrote about that and, and kind of talked about some different aspects of that. So if you want to check out last week's edition, this week's edition is going to be coming out today at the end of the day. Let me know what your thoughts are about the newspaper. Is it easy to read? Is the font size okay? I've heard back from a number of you, and you're enjoying it so far. I have to tell you that I'm still working out some of the kinks. The issues I've been having recently have been in the delivery system, because even though I get the article completely written, I don't have any issues with the, the layout and the design and and everything's written, you know, exactly as I want it. Then when I try to deliver it to you and send you to your email inbox, that's the thing I've been having some issues with recently. So anyway, there's just always something. And so I'll eventually get to a point where it's just so automatic and I don't even have to mention any of these issues. But those of you who are kind of here in the beta version, the testing version. Thanks for your patience and thanks for your feedback. I really appreciate it. If you have not yet signed up, you can go to imovingtoidly.com, share your email address when you're prompted, and then I'll be adding you or you'll be automatically added to our mailing list and then you'll be getting those Real News from Italy weekly editions emailed to you. By the way, some of you have said that it's ending up in your spam folder, and so you didn't think you got it, but when you checked your spam folder, you found it. You might have to train your computer once you save a mail and you move it from your junk into your regular inbox. For the most part, that should train your computer not to have that issue in the future. So anyway, also I want to mention, if my voice sounds or the way I'm pronouncing words sounds a little off to you, then you've got a very good ear. And last week, I don't know how I did it, but I bit my tongue really hard. And now my tongue is in the process of healing and it's quite painful. And I've got these two wounds on either side of my tongue that are really, really red and painful. And when I talk, eat, drink, sleep, It's painful. So if you're hearing a bit of a strange aspect to my voice, that's what you're hearing. So anyway, hopefully by next week that will be healed and I won't have to deal with it. Alessandro's went to the pharmacy and got me this really great stuff. I'm supposed to be doing three times a day this this mouth rinse, this antiseptic mouth rinse that, that kind of helps a little bit with the pain. I've also been rinsing with salt water, so that's been helping. So anyway, that's what's going on there. Uh, This past week also, on the 19th, was Father's Day here in Italy. San Giuseppe, St. Joseph, which is Italian Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there who are listening to the show right now. Fathers are such an important part of our lives. And those of you who have not always had a father or you lost your father too young, 
You know what I mean? And I think that, unfortunately, fathers these days in our modern society don't quite get as much credit as they should. It kind of makes me a bit sad to see fathers disparaged and minimized their roles, kind of minimized and made light of. A good father is just as important as a good mother. And so, happy Father's Day from Italy to you. Speaking of Father's Days, this past week I got the opportunity to visit with my youngest brother, Jason, who is 25 years old, and he gave me some really exciting news. He is actually going to be a father for the first time, and I can't imagine having a child of my own at the age of 25, but that's how old my father was when I was born, and his father before him was even younger than that. I'm actually really grateful for the previous generations who had children young because it allowed me to know my great-grandparents and my grandparents because there was only about a 20-year gap in between each generation. So it's kind of amazing to have a baby when you're young if you can. Jason is a college graduate. He has a wonderful career. He's been working in for the past few years. His wife, Alexa, is absolutely wonderful. She's also a college graduate, and she is a drama teacher. She's an amazing actress. She's been in so many fantastic shows and plays and productions. She could have easily gone to Broadway and done amazing things if that had been her dream. But anyway, I want to wish Jason and Alexa congratulations on the announcement of the birth coming birth this year of their first baby. And so I'm really excited for them. I got to talk to Jason quite a bit about this and he's excited. They weren't exactly quite ready yet. I think they wanted, they've been married for five years, so they got married quite young and they got married when they were still in college. And so, I mean, more power to them. That is absolutely not the way my life track went but it absolutely is working for them, and I am so happy for them. They're going to make wonderful parents, I know, and I was in my teens when Jason was born, so he was the last to be born. I was a teenager when he was born, and it's amazing that now he is expecting his first child. It makes me feel a little bit old, but really it just makes me feel happy for him, so... Anyway, that was some great news I got on Father's Day here in Italy, actually, this this past week. So that was really great. I want to talk about something that I have mentioned kind of multiple times to you. And it's something that I'm kind of dealing with on a daily basis here, and mainly in my brain and in my, my thoughts. I'm not necessarily a type A personality. I'm kind of easygoing. But when I set goals, I really, really like to see those goals realized and see them happen sooner rather than later. And granted, we've all had a giant curveball thrown at us, and the pandemic really changed and altered all of our lives and a lot of plans that we had. And I haven't talked in detail about this, but I mentioned that there's been some health issues. Well, Alessandro's mother 
has been having some problems, some nerve issues and, and almost like some neurological issues that, sh- that were kind of hard to explain. And the doctors have been doing lots and lots of tests. And she's been kind of frustrated and, and felt kind of like confused about what, what is wrong with her. And just in the past month, she has been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, MS. And I think the diagnosis was almost a relief, even though it's kind of a scary thing. And I grew up watching a relative get multiple sclerosis. And she died very young and left her children. And, and she was ended up crippled in a wheelchair and before she passed away. And it was horrible. So when I heard MS, I kind of had this chill go down my spine. And I was just kind of... It was really scary for me because I love Alessandro's mother. And she's a really, really special human being. And the idea of her not only dying prematurely, but but also having to really suffer and struggle the way I saw Susie, my my father's cousin, the way she suffered so much and her family suffered right along with her. I, I kind of really started to initially be, get so worried about this, but there's been some good news. And the good news is they caught this early. And there are a lot of new treatments now available that weren't available 20 years ago. And so she is currently getting a treatment. It's actually a very new and very, very expensive treatment. Granted, you know, she's in the Italian healthcare system, so she's not paying it personally. But it's a very expensive new treatment. And we're grateful that that it's available And so she's been doing that and her symptoms have been slowly improving and she's still going to the doctor regularly. And so that has been partly why Alessandro has been needing to be here in Italy for the past number of months, which really are much longer than we had planned. I mean, we were really planning to kind of after Christmas, we were going to be gone and as soon as I was done with Italian school, we were going to move on to, you know, we were going to spend some time in Tennessee. We were going to spend some time in California, but we were going to, you know, really kind of get serious about finding the exact spot in Southern Italy, kind of in the Naples, Campania, Sorrento, Amalfi Coast area that Alessandro grew up in, kind of really find the property that fits both of the needs that him and I have for a piece of property. He's more interested in the proximity to the city of Naples and Sorrento and that whole area where he grew up that he loves so much. He loves the culture, the people, the food, everything about life down in Southern Italy. He really loves. I do too, by the way. That's what's most important to him. What's most important to me, of course, is a piece of land that I can have an orchard, maybe a small vineyard that I can have some animals and that I can, you know, take a piece of property and build a beautiful home, have some guest houses. I've got all of these exciting ideas and that's, you know, the YouTube channel that I'm going to be starting. It's all kind of based on that plan. And so we had actually thought we were going to be doing that much earlier, but then the pandemic hit and everything just kind of slowed down. I decided while I'm here, I might as well go to Italian school. And then 
with all of these health issues that Alessandro's mother's been having, we just kind of decided, okay, we need to stay here a little longer. Now, on top of Alessandro's mother having these issues, his aunt, who he's very close with, has been dealing with breast cancer. It's the second time she's had to deal with this. She's having this week, she's having surgery to have a double mastectomy. So that's been something he's been taking her to a town that's about 30 minutes away. She doesn't drive, so he's been driving her to the hospital. He's been dealing with his mom. He's been also dealing with his grandmother who has dementia. So I have to really hand it to Alessandro. He has been kind of like the hero of his family for the past couple of years, really. And he has a lot of personal career goals and a lot of plans as well that he has been working on and and developing. And a lot of those had to really be put on hold while he focused on helping his family. He's the only one of his three siblings that lives here He's the only one, really, that's been able to do this. And he stepped up to the plate, and he's had to put his United States citizenship, his work towards that on hold. He's just really unselfishly devoted himself to his family. And I have so much respect for him. And I also feel for him because I know that he's doing all of this at a real sacrifice to his own his own plans. And so it makes me feel kind of foolish to even complain or not that I'm complaining, but to even have thoughts of like, gosh, when am I going to, when am I going to get everything done that I want to get done? You know, when am I going to start building? When am I going to start, you know, planting all these trees and, and when am I going to have my citrus grove that I want to have? And when am I going to be able to do this and that and the other and all these things I want to do? And as I'm getting older, And I think that this is just a very cliche, but it's true. When you get older, you begin to realize what's really important. And there's really very few things more important than family. And the people that you love, who have been there for you for your whole life, and now you have the opportunity to be there for them, that's a privilege in its own way. And so... I know that there's going to be a time when I'm going to look back on this chapter of my life. I'm, I'm just beginning to be aware enough to realize this. I'm going to look back on this chapter of my life when, I'm, when I had the privilege of going to Italian school and learning from a wonderful teacher, being in a classroom with other fantastic students from interesting places around the world, and to be sharing this weekly podcast with all of you. That has been a huge area of growth for me and a huge blessing in my life. And just everything that I have been been able to go through, the privilege of being able to still call up my parents and talk to them on the phone, to talk to my grandmother over FaceTime every week, and just to live the life I'm living right now at this age, at this time in my life, to live in a beautiful country like Italy, where I'm a resident, where I have health care, where I have so many opportunities available to me, to be able to start a little a t- tiny Italian newspaper for English-speaking people, to be able to focus on my writing, to be able to focus on this podcast, to be able to focus on, on so many of the things. I, I just, 
I guess what I'm really trying to say is whenever I get those feelings of, oh, I'm just not, I'm not getting there fast enough. I'm not doing everything I really want to do. Like, when is this waiting period going to be over? I think that I, I maybe it's an American thing. Maybe it's uh, something that just when we're young, we, we kind of think like this. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Can you relate to this? But this this feeling of constantly needing to be doing something else than what we're doing right now, this, this need to be growing, to be expanding, always expanding. If we're not expanding, then we're, then we're stagnating, we're dying. And the reality is I haven't stagnated. I'm Everything I'm doing is, is very productive and, and it's wonderful. It's just not it's just not on the schedule I expected to be doing it on. So I have been really trying to be conscious and to be living in the moment and to be grateful in the moment that I am in this moment. This is life. Life is not some something off in the future that I don't even have yet that I may never have. Life is this moment right now. And that is, that is one of the simplest concepts but it's also one of the hardest ones, it seems, for me to be able to understand and to be able to really appreciate. And that is that this moment right now, this is life. I'm living life right now. It's not the life that I'm going to be living in southern Italy or the time I'm going to be spending in the United States in the future or the books I plan to write or the all the wonderful content I plan to share on YouTube or any of the other dreams and aspirations I have, they're all going to come when it's the right time. But right now is life. (laughs) I don't know. This might sound, am I babbling? Do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Is this resonating with you? Because these are the kind of thoughts that I've been literally dealing with on a daily basis and trying to wrap my brain around and trying to and trying to come to terms with and to have peace with. And so, anyway, that's kind of an update about... I know I've given multiple updates. Maybe that one's a little bit more in-depth. But I guess sometimes I just... I, I sit down and I and I feel like when I want to share with you all these big things that I am doing, you know, it's not that I feel the pressure from you. I feel pressure from myself, and I want to sh- I want to sit down and share with you that I'm doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, and isn't it amazing? And wow, I'm I'm achieving these goals, but I, I'm probably going to look back in 20 years or 30 years on this exact chapter of my life and think this was life. Why was I not living in the moment when I? should have, when I still had a grandparent, when I still had my parents, both of them, and when when I still had a perfectly healthy body, and when I had a partner who who was wonderful, who makes my life wonderful, and fabulous friends, and you, the listener, who share your life with me, like this moment in time right now, this is what matters. And so anyway, Hopefully, hopefully that resonates with you and you understand and you you get it. And maybe you're in a different chapter of your life and maybe you already came to this conclusion years ago, maybe decades ago. And you're like shaking your head at me for just now waking up to it. But, you know, at least at least I, I have to give myself 
at least a little bit of credit for realizing it now and not not being aware of it only when I'm 80 years old, 90 years old. The way my relatives on both sides of my family, my dad's family, my mom's family, everybody lives to be over 100. So I've always kind of assumed I'll be here for a very long time. But then again, nobody is guaranteed anything. Who knows? Maybe the world will have gotten blown up by then because some madman with too many nuclear warheads at his disposal will have, you know, went off the deep end. We don't know. You know, again, the fact that there's a war raging only about 800 miles away from where I'm sitting recording this right now in Ukraine, those people, you know, they didn't they didn't plan on a war when they were you know, those people who are, you know, in their 80s, they didn't plan on a war with Russia. They couldn't have known that this day was coming. And so we don't know what's coming. Maybe China is going to get so big and powerful that they're going to rule the entire world someday. And, you know, we'll, we'll look back on this time, even during this pandemic period, and we'll, we'll wish we had the opportunity to go back to those days. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of, I guess, kind of share with you some thoughts, some feelings, and kind of also give you an update. And I have no idea who outside is running a vacuum cleaner, but it sounds like a someone is vacuuming out their car outside. Can you hear that? Welcome to recording in my kitchen in from Italy. <laughs> So on top of writing these weekly editions of this Italian newspaper that I'm doing, this Real News from Italy publication that I've started writing, I am also attempting to write at least two other articles per week. That's kind of my goal. So this past week, I finished one of the articles I was writing is about something very simple, and it's about the 10 best films set in Italy you'd like to read this article. By the way, I have an Instagram account for All Roads Lead to Italy. If you're not following All Roads Lead to Italy, go follow it. I also have an Instagram account for Real News from Italy. So you can go to Real News from Italy. And so I have really four accounts that you could follow if you want to. I've got my personal account where I just share usually videos or, or photos from life around Italy. That's the Instagram account I've had for years. Way back when I was a designer in New York and California, I, I, I've had that account for the longest. But I also have, of course, the I'm moving to Italy Instagram account. And that's a private account just for you, the listeners. I share videos every week that correspond to usually the surrounding sounds that I share with you. And so... Anyway, you should be following I'm Moving to Italy on Instagram. Then there's Real News from Italy. You can follow that as well. And then there's All Roads Lead to Italy. I know, it's a lot. But anyway, if you want to just stay updated, if you follow All Roads Lead to Italy Instagram, then you'll get notifications about when I write a new article. So I just posted my first post on that account. And you can go check it out and then follow the link in my bio. Or you can just go to allroadsleadtoitaly.com and read my recent articles. And you can read the article I wrote about the 10 best films 
set in Italy, not necessarily Italian films. Some of them are Italian films, also set in Italy. Some of them are just other films that happen to be filmed here. I would be curious if you have watched these films, if you agree with this list, and what you would add to it. I'm going to also mention some honorable mention films that I think are also really great Italian films or films that were filmed in Italy, set in Italy. So here is my list. Roman Holiday. I know that's very cliche, but as Italian films or films set in Italy go, Roman Holiday, in my opinion, is one of the most classic and wonderful. I love Audrey Hepburn. I love Gregory Peck. Together, they are a fantastic duo in this film. If you've never watched Roman Holiday, you really should watch it. It's kind of amazing to see Rome in the 1950s. I love the, the fashions, you know, the clothing, the outfits, the, everything is so classic. And so watch Roman Holiday. It's one of my favorites. Then we have the film The Tourist with Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp. That was filmed just about 30 minutes from where I'm sitting in Venice. And I'm not a fan of the city of Venice, but this film, whenever I watch this film, it makes me think that maybe actually I really do love Venice. And really the only thing I don't love about Venice is it's usually overrun by tourists. And when you watch this film, I don't think you ever even lay eyes on a single tourist. <laughs> you just feel like you're just seeing the, the city itself and the city, this this film, The Tourist, is filled with a lot of really great actors. And I have to say, one of the starring actors, or one of the starring roles, I should say, of this film is the city of Venice. It plays such a major role in this film. So if you've never watched The Tourist, I think it's one of Angelina Jolie's best films. She looks gorgeous in this film. Her outfits are impeccable. The sumptuous, plush, beautiful Venetian interiors are just gorgeous in this film. The architecture, it's just, it's, an, it's kind of a surprising love story and a little bit suspenseful. There's even some humor in it, but it's just a beautifully filmed movie from Venice. And then, of course, there's the Roberto Benigni film, Life is Beautiful, or the original Italian title was La Vita è Bella, Life is Beautiful. So Roberto Benigni won the very first Oscar for a lead actor who his entire role was not in English. He won the first Best Actor Award for a, a non-English speaking part in a non-English speaking film. It's a subtitled film. It's about the war. World War Two, and it's such a beautiful film. I think it was. I think it was from 1997. It's one of the saddest and yet most beautiful films I've ever watched in my life. I remember when I first watched it in California. I was a teenager, and I remember just absolutely being so moved by it. And it's, I haven't watched it for a while. I, I'm due to watch it again, but sometimes I I don't watch it because it's kind of sad. But you almost forget that you're watching such a sad film because Roberto Benigni put so much humor and joy and his kind of quirky, very Italian-type humor in it. And um, oh, it's just a heartbreaking, 
beautiful story. One of my absolute favorite moments in the film is my favorite piece of music ever in the world. And it's a piece of um, opera, actually. And I'm not really the biggest opera fan in the world, but this is a, a piece of music from the opera Tales of Hoffman. And there's this, I think it may be two opera singers when he breaks into this room at the prison where he's being held, him and his son are being held in this Nazi prison camp. He breaks into this room and turns on, locks the door, turns on a record player, plays this piece of music to the entire prison. He turns on like the the microphone I guess it's like the intercom speaker system so that and he puts it right next to the record player so the entire prison who hasn't heard a single note of music for years and and they're so miserable and they're in these horrible living conditions that these horrible Nazis are putting them through and the transformative feeling that you get I get chills just thinking about it And this particular piece of music, I've loved that song ever since I heard it in this film. And just that scene alone is worth watching the whole movie for. Anyway, check out Life is Beautiful. It's a subtitled film. If you want to practice your Italian, it's a great way to practice Italian. So check that out. La Vita è Bella. It's wonderful. Then, of course, there's Under the Tuscan Sun. That's my fourth film. I know it's kind of a corny movie from like 1999 and I almost didn't add it to the list, but I feel like every American or English speaking person has watched this film and has kind of secretly wondered what it would be like to be able to do what Diane Lane's character did in the film, which is to on an unexpected trip to Italy, just buy an Italian villa and renovate it and then live there and start a whole new life. You know, she was divorced. She had her heart was broken, and her friends gave her this trip of theirs that they were going to go on through Tuscany. And it's such a beautifully fanciful film that I I remember watching it for the first time and rolling my eyes a little bit, but at the same time, secretly kind of wishing that man, what would we like someday to live in Italy and to be able to fix up a, a villa like that and to be able to learn Italian and like it just looked so beautiful and I think it's kind of the the film definitely makes an idealistic picture you know draws an idealistic picture of what Italy is and what Italy what life in Italy can be it's not reality but sometimes reality is we get too much reality on a daily basis in our lives and what watching this film does is what I think really films are meant to do, and that's to take you out of your reality temporarily and take you into a place of imagination, a dream place where you get to just imagine what could be. And so that's why I think that this film just belongs on the list. So Under the Tuscan Sun, I can't imagine anybody but Diane Lane playing this role. And she just does it so well. She's She makes it believable. Without her in the lead, I don't think this film would ever have been popular, but she just somehow makes it work. So Under the Tuscan Sun with Diane Lane, never watched it, you must. Then my personal favorite Italian film, I think of all time, Malena. It is absolutely a must watch. 
And if you go to this article, I've linked all of these films so you can watch them on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, a lot of them you can watch for free or you can rent them. And just I've linked all the links in this article. If you go to All Roads Lead to Italy and, and check out this article, then you can watch all these. But anyway, the film Malena was also a wartime film filmed in Sicily on location during the 19... Actually, it was it was set in 1940 during Mussolini's Italy. While, you know, the Nazis and Mussolini and all that were kind of... We were still at the beginning of World War II. And anyway, it is just the most incredible film. It's all in Italian, subtitled. I've recommended it to you before. If you've never watched it, you must watch Malena. It's just a wonderful story of forgiveness. And it really focuses on the life of this young boy kind of becomes the protector of this woman who never even realizes he's there and it's just it's just a beautiful Monica Bellucci is the most beautiful woman I think ever in the world in my opinion she's just absolutely gorgeous and she's at, at really in her prime in this film and she just does such a great job so check that out and then another movie I I just watched this past week for the very first time I have just kind of started to begin to discover Sophia Loren. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but Sophia Loren, of course, is famous, wonderful Italian actress from Naples. And Alessandro loves her because she speaks kind of the Napolitan dialect. And she's always kind of, her acting has always felt a little bit kind of over the top to me. But that's kind of the way all actors and actresses were during, you know, the 1940s, 50s, and 60s when she was really, really making a lot of films. This film is called It Started in Naples, and it stars Sophia Loren and Clark Gable and this other famous Italian actor, Vittorio Di Sica, and this darling little boy who is like eight years old who steals the entire show. It was filmed in 1960 on location in Naples and a lot of it on the island of Capri or Capri, as you say, you know, without the Italian accent. And I watched this film and it's, I don't know, it's just delightful in its absurdity and in its lightheartedness. It just takes you back to a simpler time and it's just interesting. I, I recommend it. I put it on this list because I thought it's a Sophia Loren movie. You can't have a list of the best Italian films without having at least one film with Sophia Loren in it. Clark Gable is way too old, really, to be playing the love interest of the young Sophia Loren in this film. This film was made 21 years after Gone with the Wind was made. And Clark Gable was kind of at his prime during the making of Gone with the Wind. And here he is still playing the love interest of a young actress who's probably the same exact age that Vivian Lee was playing Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. And yet that's the way it was back in those days. You know, Hollywood men had a much longer... It was almost like they didn't have an expiration date. Women, you know, after their 20s, they were done. But men just could continue acting on into their 40s, 50s, 60s, and even beyond. So Clark Gable, he actually, he's so charming. He he really 
is good in this. And so anyway, it started in Naples. Check it out. It's a great film. And then I put in this film that I've only seen once, and I've only seen it once a long time ago, and it's The Red Violin. And it's a story that follows the life of this violin that was from like the Renaissance period and starts in Italy. Now, granted, it goes all around the world. This violin travels all around the world till being discovered by Michael L. Jackson's character, who I believe he was like a historian. And anyway, so this the story of the red violin starts in Italy. It's really interesting. I'm going to rewatch it again. I haven't watched it for a long time. It was it was released in 1998. Really interesting film. You should watch it. Okay, the next one, number eight, is a really dark film. And I, I wouldn't have included it if it wasn't filled with so many great actors and wasn't so beautifully filmed. And the sets and the costumes and everything about this film is beautiful. The subject matter is very dark, especially in the second, like... The last third of this film is very, very dark. And it's the talented Mr. Ripley. And it has Jude Law, Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Kate Blanchett, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and a bunch of other recognizable, wonderful actors. Don't watch it alone at night. I don't know. It's just one of those dark films that, you know, there's murder in it. And there's, I don't know. There's just, it's just, ooh, it's, it's almost deliciously dark. I remember watching it for the first time when I was in high school, and I was just like, oh my gosh, what am I watching? But I was so captivated by the beauty of Southern Italy. And I think part of it's filmed in Naples and and Sorrento and Capri and Amalfi and all of that. It's just, it's just gorgeous. It's interesting to watch those actors play, you know, in this film before they became super, super famous. But anyway, the next one is actually two films, and it's The Italian Job. There's the version from 1969 that my friend Megan recommended to me. So thank you, Megan. I watched it. It stars Michael Caine. It's set in Turin, Italy, which was at one point the capital of Italy. It's a beautiful city, and in 1969, this film was made, and it's kind of a heist film. I'm not going to give away too much, but it's kind of one of those films if you want to be nostalgic and watch something from the, like the late 60s. I love any film, almost, that was made in the 60s. It's one of my favorite decades. I love the, the 50s and the 60s. I love both of them, but the 50s, the design, the outfits, the culture, the clothing, the hair, it's all just so... I don't know. It's clean. There's not the grunginess of the 70s that I never really loved. And the kind of the insanity of the 80s. But the 60s are one of my favorite decades. So if you want to watch The Italian Job with Michael Caine from 1969, that's great. There's a newer version that was made in 2003. It has Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, Donald Sutherland, Jason Statham, and some other great actors. Edward Norton is in it. And so it's good. It's not all completely set in Italy. Part of it's set in Venice. The other part of it, I think, is set in Los Angeles. Anyway, if you want to watch one, you know, you might as well watch the other because they're kind of a remake. Although I think the first one is is even more interesting from 1969. And then the final one on my list here, number 10, is Three Coins in the Fountain. And the fountain that they're referring to is the Trevi Fountain in Rome, of course. 
Three Coins in the Fountain. I watched this for the first time when I was in New York about five years ago, and it's light. It's a feel-good movie. It's one of those happily ever after films. The actress, I think her name is Dorothy McGuire, who plays the the mother on Old Yeller and also plays the mother on Swiss Family Robinson. If you ever watch those old films, the same woman who played as the mother on Old Yeller plays in this film. She looks like she's exactly the same age as those other two films. She's wonderful. It's just, it's set in the 1950s in Rome. And it's it's just delightful. It's it's also not black and white, whereas Roman Holiday is a black and white film. This one's filmed in Technicolor. And so I just love that that 1950s colored film that they were just starting to shoot in color. And I don't know, there's something about the colors on the screen that are just so pleasing to my eye. And I, I just think it's really a lovely film. So if you've never watched Three Coins in the Fountain, watch it. Okay, now here are my honorable mentions that I didn't add to my top 10, but I think are also really great. So there are eight of the James Bond films that were filmed partially or completely in Italy. So like Casino Royale, there's a lot of film, there's a lot of footage from Italy in that film with Daniel Craig. So anyway, check out some of the James Bond films that are filmed in Italy. Those are those are great, but that's a whole nother genre. Another another wonderful film is Tea with Mussolini. That made my list. And then The Godfather. I think it's the second Godfather film where Michael has to exile to Sicily. And so that's got a lot of wonderful Italian scenes in it from Southern Italy. Then there's A Room with a View. It's a great Italian film or a film set here. And then another Italian film that I believe has English subtitles, La Grande Grande Bellezza, The Great Beauty. So that's another great film that you can watch if you want to practice your Italian. And then this film... It's kind of a controversial film. A lot of people, people either love it or they hate it. Call Me By Your Name. I kind of liked it, I have to admit. (laughs) But I do have to admit that it does have an underage boy getting romantically involved with an older 20-something-year-old man. And there's a lot of people that have a problem with that. Um, As I was writing this article, I, I read a lot of articles that people had written about this film, about how... It was a dangerous film and normalizing underage sex with a with an adult and, you know, that it's sexual abuse. And I, I, I don't disagree with that. It was just cinematically beautiful to watch. The film was beautifully filmed. Timothy Chalamet was impeccable in this film. His acting abilities, apart from the subject matter, he was just so, so good in this film. Army Hammer is a gorgeous human being, and he plays his role very well. And I just love the dynamic of the family, the kind of the unconditional love the father and the mother have in the family. And there's, it doesn't feel like a dangerous film, even though a lot of people that hate it call it a dangerous film. But anyway, you might hate it. You might love it. I don't know. What, tell me what your thoughts are. But anyway, I, I included it anyway in my honorable mention list. Eat, Pray, Love is one of those films that kind of falls in the same category as Under the Tuscan Sun, in my opinion. It's 
almost kind of cringe, roll your eye, like a little too cliche about Italy. But again, the lead actress, you know, Julia Roberts, just she just nails her performance and just it's just believably portrayed and 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 beautifully done and you and you get to see a side of Italy that is the idealistic view and the, the idealistic version of Italy. So, it's worth watching if you've never watched it. Ocean's 12 is another great film set in Italy. There's some beautiful scenes from Lake Como and anyway, it's worth mentioning. Beautiful, beautiful Italian scenery from that film. And there's another film, Italian film, The Bicycle Thieves, another great Italian film. And then The English Patient was partially filmed here in Italy. So those are my list of top 10 films. Roman Holiday, The Tourist, Life is Beautiful, Under the Tuscan Sun, Milena, It All Started in Naples, The Red Violin, The Talented Mr. Ripley, The Italian Job, the 1969 and the 2003 version, and Three Coins in the Fountain. So... Let me know what your thoughts are. What films did I not mention that I should have mentioned? Uh, What are your favorite Italian films? Have you watched these? Do you agree with me? Am I crazy? (laughs) Tell me what you think. I'd be really, really interested in hearing your thoughts on this list. Okay, well, that brings us to our Italian reading for this episode. I'm going to continue reading The Alchemist. So... Last week, where we left off in the reading, was Santiago was visiting this village, and he had just talked to the merchant's daughter that he had a crush on, and he'd been thinking about her for the past year. Here is this week's reading of The Alchemist in Italian. Pardon my pronunciation, as always. Okay, so where I pick up in this reading for today is... The young boy, Santiago, is recounting an encounter that he had with a fortune teller, a gypsy woman, and she offered him to read his palms and to try to tell him the meaning of this dream that he kept having that he wanted to have interpreted. And so here is the interaction that he's having with this old gypsy woman who's making him make a promise to her. Torna al tuo sogno, disse la vecchia, o una pentola sul fuoco, e oltretutto tu hai pochi soldi, non puoi prenderti tutto il mio tempo. Per un po' il bambino continuava a giocare con le pecore. Prosegui il ragazzo, un po' intimidito, e poi al improvviso mi prendeva per la mano e mi conduceva fino alla piramide di Gitto. Il gatto aspettò qualche istante per vedere se la vecchia conoscesse le piramidi di Egitto. Mi quello rimase in silenzio. Okay, and here is Jeremy Irons reading that same section and a little bit more to give you some context. The old woman led the boy to a room at the back of her house. It was separated from her living room by a curtain of colored beads. The room's furnishings consisted of a table, an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and two chairs. The woman sat down 
and told him to be seated as well. Then she took both of his hands in hers and began quietly to pray. It sounded like a gypsy prayer. The boy had already had experience on the road with gypsies. They also travelled, but they had no flocks of sheep. People said that gypsies spent their lives tricking others. It was also said that they had a pact with the devil and that they kidnapped children and taking them away to their mysterious camps made them their slaves. As a child, the boy had always been frightened to death that he would be captured by gypsies, and this childhood fear returned when the old woman took his hands in hers. But she has the sacred heart of Jesus there, he thought, trying to reassure himself. He didn't want his hand to begin trembling, showing the old woman that he was fearful. He recited an Our Father silently. Very interesting, said the woman never taking her eyes from the boy's hands. And then she fell silent. The boy was becoming nervous. His hands began to tremble, and the woman sensed it. He quickly pulled his hands away. I didn't come here to have you read my palm, he said, already regretting having come. He thought for a moment that it would be better to pay her fee and leave without learning a thing, that he was giving too much importance to his recurrent dream. You came so you could learn about your dreams, said the old woman. And dreams are the language of God. When he speaks in our language, I can interpret what he has said. But if he speaks in the language of the soul, it is only you who can understand. But whichever it is, I'm going to charge you for the consultation. Another trick, the boy thought. But he decided to take a chance. A shepherd always takes his chances with wolves and with drought, and that's what makes a shepherd's life exciting. I've had the same dream twice, he said. I dreamed that I was in a field with my sheep when a child appeared and began to play with the animals. I don't like people to do that because the sheep are afraid of strangers. But children always seem to be able to play with them without frightening them. I don't know why. I don't know how animals know the age of human beings. Tell me more about your dream, said the woman. I have to get back to my cooking, and since you don't have much money, I can't give you a lot of time. Well, the child went on playing with my sheep for quite a while, continued the boy, a bit upset. And suddenly, the child took me by both hands and transported me to the Egyptian pyramids. He paused for a moment to see if the woman knew what the Egyptian pyramids were, but she said nothing. Then... At the Egyptian pyramids, he said the last three words slowly so that the old woman would understand. The child said to me, if you come here, you will find a hidden treasure. And just as she was about to show me the exact location, I woke up both times. The woman was silent for some time. Then she again took his hands and studied them carefully. I'm not going to charge you anything now, she said, but I want one-tenth of the treasure if you find it. The boy laughed out of happiness. He was going to be able to save the little money he had because of a dream about hidden treasure. Well, interpret the dream, he said. First, swear to me. Swear you will give me one-tenth of your treasure in exchange for what I'm going to tell you. The shepherd swore that he would. The old woman asked him to swear again while looking at the image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. 
It's a dream in the language of the world, she said. I can interpret it, but the interpretation is very difficult. That's why I feel that I deserve a part of what you find. And this is my interpretation. You must go to the pyramids in Egypt. I have never heard of them, but if it was a child who showed them to you, they exist. There you will find a treasure that will make you a rich man. The boy was surprised and then irritated. He didn't need to seek out the old woman for this. But then he remembered that he wasn't going to have to pay anything. I didn't need to waste my time just for this, he said. I told you that your dream was a difficult one. It's the simple things in life that are the most extraordinary. Only wise men are able to understand them. And since I am not wise, I have had to learn other arts, such as the reading of palms. Well, how am I going to get to Egypt? I only interpret dreams. I don't know how to turn them into reality. That's why I have to live off what my daughters provide me with. And what if I never get to Egypt? Then I don't get paid. It wouldn't be the first time. And the woman told the boy to leave, saying she'd already wasted too much time with him. That is one of my favorite parts from The Alchemist. And it starts to lay the groundwork of what's coming in the future of the book. So, anyway, I hope you enjoyed that reading by Jeremy Irons. And if you haven't yet read the entire book or listened to the audio version, I highly recommend it. Well, before we get into our surrounding sounds for today's episode, I would like to quickly thank our sponsor for our show. And that is, of course, ExpressVPN. I have to say that a number of you have recently purchased this wonderful VPN service because you are planning to travel to Italy and you are looking forward to trying out this new service. I've heard back from some of you who have already come here, who are here now using it, and you're loving it. That makes me so happy. Of course, one of the best things about it is that you can make and receive calls for free when you're here in Italy. You will need a Wi-Fi connection. The great thing is at every hotel, every bar, every restaurant, and every public place now in Italy, there are free Wi-Fi hotspots. Usually, if you're traveling from your home country, your home country is on a different time zone, so you don't always need to be available, plus you're on vacation. Now, some of you are traveling here for work, But those of you who are traveling here for vacation, and you're like, oh, I have to be available at all times for my friends and family at home. Well, the chances that your family are sleeping because they're on a different time zone than you are very high. And secondly, you're on vacation. You don't need to be checking in with your family every single minute. The great thing is while you're out and about at a coffee bar or at a restaurant or at your hotel or anywhere where there's a public Wi-Fi that you need to connect to to check your messages, your emails, your voicemails, make calls, send messages, whatever, check your social media, whatever it is you're doing, you can do that with the peace of mind of knowing that you cannot have your system and your information hacked into by somebody lurking in the shadows, waiting there to steal and break into the susceptible devices of unsuspecting tourists. It happens thousands and thousands of times every day around the world, and it happened to people that I've known, and it even happened to me in the past. 
So I just want you to know that it's something that you get to just kind of stop worrying about when you have ExpressVPN on your side. So go to my site, imovingtoitaly.com. There are links all over the place. There's a separate page now that just says VPN. You can check it out. You get three months for free. It only comes out to about 20 cents per day. You get five devices, so the entire family is covered. You and your spouse and your kids, if you want to, if you have kids or your friends or your relatives or your best friend or your laptop, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it is you have, you get five devices covered under this plan. For one year, you get three months free. So check out ExpressVPN and a big thank you to them for sponsoring our show. Okay, that brings us to our surrounding sounds for this episode. And this week, I have the following sounds to share with you. First, I had a really interesting experience this past week for the very first time ever here in Italy. I was out for a walk, on my, my regular evening walk, and this couple was, they were kind of, the, the road was blocked off where I normally walk and where they block off, so I turned around to go back the other way. They were trying to go that way. I, I let them know it was blocked. They couldn't go that way, and then they asked me where I, they could, if I could guide them to their hotel. And I just happened to know exactly where that hotel was. I was going to be walking past it. So I said, I'm walking that way. You can come with me. They were rolling their roller bags. And it turns out that they were from Argentina. They were architects who were coming there for a meeting to do work on a project. And so they were staying here in town. And they just needed to you know, get to their hotel. And so the woman spoke English, and so her and I had a lovely conversation as we walked the 10 minutes to her hotel, and I captured just the tail end of the conversation just as we arrived at the hotel. They said thank you, and as I walked away, I realized, wow, that is the first time anyone here has asked me for directions, and I've been able to give them directions. Now, granted, I didn't give them, I tried giving them directions in Italian first until I realized that they spoke a little bit of English and then it was a lot easier. But it just made me feel more like a local Italian than ever to be able to give some tourists some directions on where they needed to go. So that was great. So I have that sound. And while I was on that same walk, it was Friday night at one of the hotels, one of the other hotels in downtown, they had a private party going on. And there was music playing. And this famous singer, Raffaella, was, was, they were playing her music. And I realized as I walked past the party, that is the very first time I have seen a party in Italy since I've moved here because there have been no parties, no public parties because of the pandemic. So it was the first time I experienced a party with a large group of people, no masks, laughing, playing music, drinking, eating, having a wonderful time. And I was like, oh, that's a sign that things are changing. So that's so great. So anyway, I got the sound of that party. And then as I walked a little bit further on that same walk, I came to the center point of the city, of the village, where there's Neptune's fountain. And there's a statue of Neptune riding two horses that I don't even know what those creatures are called. It's a horse, half horse, half fish. And so Neptune is riding these creatures. And out of the nostrils of those horses is water that 
comes and goes into the fountain. And all winter, all the fountains in the city are turned off so that they don't freeze. But the sign that spring is here is the sound of that fountain working and filled with water again. So I've got a little recording of the sound of that fountain. It was late at night, so there were no there was no traffic, so you could really hear the fountain. And then finally, I have the sound this past weekend on Saturday. We got together at Alessandro's grandmother's house. So the four of us, his aunt, his grandmother, and Alessandro and I were playing Italian cards, which are called Carta Napolitana. So it's an it's a Naples type of card game. And the game that you play that we were playing is called Scopa. So we were playing this game. The aunt tried to teach me this other game called Briscola. I was terrible at it, but Nona was amazing. And she came to life playing this game and she was so good. She won the game. It was amazing. She's so, so good. It was so fun to play with her. And even the next day, she told Alessandro, I loved playing cards. I used to play cards a lot with my grandparents in California, so I really love playing card games. That's the old-fashioned side of me coming out. But anyway, so it was really special to play cards with Alessandro's aunt, who is this week going in for that major surgery. So it was kind of nice to have that last weekend of you know, having some really wonderful time together with her before she has to go through the surgery and the the recovery period and all that. So anyway, enjoy those sounds, and I will be back afterwards to say goodbye. You're welcome. And uh, there's, if you walk this way, there's a lot more restaurants in the center. Okay. Il centro. Okay. Si Il centro. Okay. Yeah. Good to tell you. Thank you very much. Ciao, ciao. Buonasera. <laughs>
prendo io tutto perché ci vuole smenarsi finita l'ultima che ha preso uno due tre quattro cinque sei sette otto nove dieci undici carte ho io una nonna sicuramente di più uno due tre quattro cinque sei sette otto nove 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 la nonna fa carta a lungo è una scopa è una scopa poi fa tre carte denari io ce ne ho due qualcuno ha più carte denari? Mm. Eh, 7 che è 4 e tu quante carte oro hai? Io ho due set però. Sì, tu hai fatto un punto. Tu fai carte oro e... e il se capace, scusa lui. Niente, ragazzi. Niente lui. Allora, tu fai eh, due punti, due punti, io uno e lei... Zero. Allora, la nonna sta a tre. Tu stai a quattro e io sto a tre. 3440 <ride> brava nonni nonnina allora fa tempo piazza pulita è anche nata ultimamente Scopa Dio. Eh, sì. Finito? Allora sì. io Una scopa 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 Poco a poco ma intanto ho fatto un punto Io ho fatto niente eh, forse no ma era, hai fatto una scopa no? nemmeno mm. chi fatto... è che ha più di 10 carte? io e allora tu fai carte a lungo hai fatto pure la scopa? sì e quindi hai due punti I hope you enjoyed those sounds from this week's episode Thank you for bearing with me for what has turned out to be a really long episode. I have tried to keep the episodes under an hour. This one just went over and it just happens occasionally. So thanks for bearing with me. Hopefully you didn't mind. And thank you for coming back and sharing another episode with me this week. I am so grateful. We hit another milestone of downloads this week and we just keep growing. Our show keeps growing and I just am so thrilled to have you here, whether you're a brand new listener or a listener that's been here since the very beginning. I am so grateful for you. Thank you for taking the time to write your podcast reviews and leave your five star ratings for the podcast it makes such a difference share this podcast with your friends make sure you're subscribed so you get notified every time i upload a new episode and check out real news from italy i look forward to getting your feedback on the articles that i've been writing thank you again for just being part of my life and sharing this this time together i really appreciate you you mean so much so Wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice this week, I hope you are healthy and well. We send our love to our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, and hopefully that is going to be resolved very, very soon so that we can get this horrible war behind us. 
So until next week, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.